Yeah. So I'm here with uh, Siggy. I mean, uh, so we were talking about how we met at uh, Evan Weiss's shows. You know, it's it's interesting when I was starting out. I guess it was like a year and six months in when I was doing those. And, uh, I look back at now all the videos and I'm like, why did they let a 22 year old with like barely any experience talk for six minutes? Yeah, and my parents, like, a lot of people, like, you know, they criticize it, and, like, I feel like they're a mix. Like, there's either really good people who do it, and, like, they work with the comedy club, and they're like, you know, I want to, like, give a spotlight for new comedians, and then sometimes it's a scam. And, unfortunately, Evan Moyes is kind of <laughs> the latter, but uh, he, um, he was really cool with me until he was not with my friends and I was just like, okay. But, uh, it was, but I, I, I love doing it because my family got to come see me and it was also like, I got to work on material in a good way where I was like, okay, I can have a show in like three, four weeks and then like work on material and do it. <laughs> and it's like this presentation. Right. So... Oh yeah. Yeah. They are, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it It's such a, an interesting thing, I, doing comedy. Because I've been doing it for uh, 14 years. Uh, and I've been doing stand-up for eight. I started in local improv. When did you start doing stand-up? Like seven, seven years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've... Uh, I'll some more timing. So, uh, you're... You're in New York, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, how often are you getting up on stage? Not, not that often because I'm still at the breaker stage, you know? So to do a club, I have to bring people. Um, right. Sometimes it's as little as two guests. Sometimes it's as many as ten, you know? It depends on the, the condition of the show and stuff like that. And I don't like bothering people, you know? Right. Um, Right. You know the punchlines, you know everything. And she says, it doesn't matter. She said, every show is different. 
That's great. You know, so, so I shouldn't be feeling guilty about that stuff, but um, but I do. You know, I, I, I you know, because these things are expensive. These things oh are yeah, expensive. for sure. And it's so, such a it's such a hard thing with comedy, like audiences. Like you kind of have to teach them to behave sometimes, and it's a really odd uh, thing. Like sometimes it can be really great, and then like the thing with New York that was just always to me was just like, okay, I it was always like a mix, like in age for me. So I would I would do a lot of like I would do some material and I'd be like, okay, old people don't <laughs> like this, which is. Which is like fun. It's like okay, I understand that. Right. I mainly talk about is I've been writing uh, an hour for three years now, and uh, I'm calling it "What the Dweck is Wrong with Me." Well, I'm at like twenty minutes. <laughs> it's it's not that impressive. <laughs> it's like I'm hoping to get to like the forty minute mark and just be like done with it, but it's like yeah. <laughs> Right, I'm like writing it, so it's tough. That's great. No, that's, no, that, I was trying to make a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, I, I you know, I, I probably have an hour's worth of material. Mm-hmm. I've never done. Have you ever had a chance to do a whole hour? Have you ever no, I want to. I mean, yeah. you know, I've been trying to get, you know, longer spots. It's so tough for me. I don't, I don't get booked as much as I want to. And like, yeah. I I used to, uh, I used to before COVID, and I think like COVID kind of did it. But even before then, I wasn't like laying the world on fire. I had like three shows this year, so I I was happy because that's more than I've had in the past like two years. How much time did they give you? What's the in in shows, it's like ten, fifteen. And then regular mics just like six minutes. Yeah, like the shows so. I do, most of the shows are like five to seven minutes. And that's all I get, you know? Right. I, I, I once I did a show, uh, a synagogue show, somebody invited me. And I and they made me the headline, which I was very, you know, thankful for. And I got 25 minutes and I was able to fill the 25 minutes. That's awesome. Um, Friends, and although I was referring to you know, 
basically. Right, you know, yeah. I, I went on for like 45 minutes. Oh, know? that's awesome. It didn't, come, it didn't all come from my head. I had to refer to the paper. But still, it was great to know that I had that much material. And that was like, you know, maybe, you know, two or three years ago. And I've written more since then. So I, I'm assuming I have an hour too. But, but to put it together, I have to go over old stuff and remember it. Oh, and yeah. Practice it again and, and stuff like that. But I have it, but like I said, all I'm given is five minutes, and I do usually the latest thing that I've worked on or whatnot, the mm-hmm. way it works, and, you know, whatever. I, 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 I keep talking until I get a little bored. Right. I've been stuck on doing my, like, intro, so it's, it's like, it's weird, because I never had consistency with mics and performing, like, I'd have a good set, I'd have a bad set, I'd have, like, okay sets, and then for, like, last month, it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, pretty good, but, uh, it was, it's tough, because, like, I want to do more stuff, but it's, it's tough, because I'm stuck in that, like, it's kind of easy to do this intro material. <laughs> terrible habit of like if I'm on a show like if not given like 10 minutes I usually just do eight because it's like I usually get to a, a point where it's like oh I don't want to lose the audience and like they're hot so it's like they're they're good and it's like okay and uh yeah it's right. it's a really it's a hard thing because I'll be like oh I should have done the full time The good thing is, like, a lot of, like, most of the time, people will be, like, curious why, like, that run the show, but they'll be, like, also happy that you, not that you got off stage, like, earlier than you wanted to, but just, like, that the show can keep moving a little bit faster. <laughs> but, like, okay, that was good. He gave time back to the room. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it, 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 when 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a set yesterday that I was doing pretty well, but I went over like a minute. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I did a set yesterday and I, uh, I did pretty well, but I went over like a minute and I was like, I felt really bad about it. They didn't care about it. I was just like, oh, sorry. Uh, okay. So I was doing a mic yesterday and I, uh, I, I did pretty well, but I went over like a minute and I felt so bad, <laughs> but I was doing well. So I was happy. It was like, okay, uh -huh. this is like some leeway with it. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're doing well, I, I think, you know, everyone's happy to give you a little extra time and stuff like that. Um, but if you're doing poorly and, and just cutting it out, hoping you'll get from there, that's, that's bad. That's bad. Um, but, but I, you know, I did a show, I was really, I was lucky enough to, um, Inviting to a show now, I can't even think of the name of the place or whatever in Brooklyn. And they gave me like seven minutes, and and the audience was really laughing a lot. And I know I could have gone longer, and I should have, and I know the producer wouldn't have minded at all. And uh, but, I, but I, you know, I got the light, I, I thought I'd better go walk and stuff. But I know I, I probably should have gone on a little more because the audience was really laughing, and I did have some more stuff and everything, so whatever. So but anyway, but you're supposed to stick to your time, so I, I, at least I did that, you know. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm going to ask more of my traditional questions that I usually ask. Um, who were your comedians that you sort of looked up to before you did stand-up? That you were like, okay, I I like this, I want to do this. I love Gary Goldman. I've met him a couple times, and uh, he's absolutely a sweetheart. Yeah. I talked to him, like, in person and on Twitter. I was like, oh, my God, he was so nice to me. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And, uh, oh yeah, it was, it was great. The only thing that was really annoying was I went to his, uh, his show, which was like before it, he was like, before he did his tour of, uh, the great depression. 
uh, special. And uh, the audience was just not good. There were people in the front row that were not good. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was tough because I was like excited to see him and like he felt bad, obviously. But it was just like, oh, this is not, <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> but uh, he was super sweet. He was, he was good. It was just like a family in the front that were like, you know, it, it's weird how people can be. It's like, why are they talking? Like, do they think it's like TV? Like, they can just like turn it down. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He told them like, he asked them to leave. He's like, I'll pay, I'll pay for your meals and stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but well, they just ignored. Yeah, I'm afraid of stuff like that. Like I, I guess I've been lucky too now. But um, I'm afraid of It's like whenever I get a comp, it, I have a really bad habit. I'm trying to get better at it. Like whenever, uh, whenever a fellow comedian like uh, compliments my set and stuff, and they're like genuine about it, I'm like, not like kind of cocky. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, no, this is what I do. <laughs> like this is what I've been doing for many years. Thank you, but I've been doing this for many years. And then when a when a random stranger that's seen my set like compliments me, I'm like so gracious. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, thank you so much. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But I think people just people just accept the effort like that's all that it is is like it's kind of fake it till you make it like audiences they just can smell when you're uncomfortable and not doing well like that's why I always have to address it in my in my intro that I mentioned I I mentioned that I've been doing comedy for 14 years and all that and that uh you know I just have social anxiety and that's why I'm the way that I am so it's it's an interesting thing because once you show people that you can do it like you know the ropes a little bit. It's like okay, they they trust you. It's all about like yeah, under yeah, trust with the audience. You have, to, you have to address the elephant in the room, and uh, the way I do it, I mean, because I'm old, I start you know, by saying, uh, I guess you 
decades to talk about stuff that you you've done and you know the life you've experienced when I was starting out was kind of like a weird thing because I was like I just had my like weird 21 inch 22 opinions and stuff and like really no life experience and now over the years you know thoughts on it it's like it changes Oh, yeah, for sure. Things that happened a long time ago, it's, it's things that are going on right now and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, can, we can all, the young and the old can all, you know, uh, say funny stuff and everybody yeah. can relate to everything. It, it's when people just talk about, I mean, their age or whatever. Let's see if a young person's only talking about, you know, masturbating or, oh, yeah. or, 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 or sex or, or drugs or, or something like that. Yeah. Some of the audience can relate to it, but some of the audience... No, some of the audience can't. And, like... Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm very lucky, because I have a very, like... I have an off-kilter, uh, like, kind of comedy style. I do a lot of self-deprecation... Which is odd now, like, do you, uh, I guess I was getting from the kind of people that you like, do you, uh, do you do a lot of self-deprecation? I'm definitely self-deprecating. Yeah. I'm definitely, yeah, yeah. It's hard to do nowadays because there's such an influence with younger, with people my age of, like, rap influence and, like, there's always roast battles now and stuff and, like, people kind of like to have the last laugh and to me I'm kind of old school, I like to... I like to make fun of myself, <laughs> and it's yeah, tough. I, I, yeah, I, I, I do it to an extent. I, I, like, I don't, um, I, 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 you know, I don't know how to describe it, uh, but I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I want the audience to feel sorry for oh, me. Oh, yeah. But, but, I, but I want them to, uh, you know, to, 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 to go along with me making mistakes or whatever. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've watched them on YouTube and stuff, and, and they can be incredibly funny. 
but uh, I can't, you know, I can't imagine being in one. Uh, I mean, you know, making fun of somebody. I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd like that. I've done it a few times. And my thing is, like, I like and I prefer when I'm put with someone that I'm close friends with. A comedian that I'm close friends with, we know stuff about each other. We have our own, like, inside stuff that we can try to, like, point out and be, like, Easter eggs to other people. Of, like, okay, this reference to that. And then it's very awkward when you have to meet, you know, a first person and be like, okay, do I look up? stuff about them or just do it and then like it's very funny because you'll be you know you'll get along quicker with them because you know them and you had a good time with it if you did but it's also a weird thing because like oh shit our first <laughs> this is not how humans usually interact our first thing was us making fun of each other <laughs> so your brain is like does this person like me <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm such a like I'm such a target of like not in a bad way of just like I have many things of can talk about I'm a very idiosyncratic person and it's just you know it's it's something that sort of works in my favor and doesn't you know it's funny we we're talking about like you know self-deprecation like a lot of what I have is it's it's kind of hard in New Jersey and I think like in New Jersey to like Philly area people have a certain personality where they'll laugh at stuff they'll either awe at stuff which I don't like like I never complain about like audience is being too sensitive until people all during my set then <laughs> I get upset with that but it's tough because sometimes they'll laugh at the wrong part like I mention a lot that I have autism and it's like not that I have autism is funny it's the it's the stuff with it <laughs> and it's like oh they left at the wrong time <laughs> that's not good <laughs> should have checked out i usually i don't i never uh i either do or i don't i guess i should have watched your stuff to see how it's been updated because i haven't seen you in many years but uh do you put stuff online no do you put like material No, it's, it's tough. <laughs> um, I, 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 I
I'm like, I need to get someone to do this for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and to me, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you. And to me, like, the hardest thing is, like, some people can just do that. They put stuff up, and it's like, they put up anything. It's just like, it, it, whatever is good will kind of go to the top. But, like, to me, I'm like, I get obsessed with the quality. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to put something out there, it's got to be, it's got to be really good. Right. That's that's a that's a good thing to think about. Right. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you probably could if you if you tried, you know, you could find some type of way to I'm sure your stories are enticing where it's like, oh, you got to check out this next part. And, you know, people will come and see you, you know, they'll be like, oh, I want to see that part of the story. And be like, yeah, I'll see the next next part. If you do like maybe 30 seconds of like the start, it's like, you know, that's just my suggestion of how it would work. I know a lot of uh storytellers i wish i could do storytelling it's it's really tough for me <laughs> but but it is an interesting thing i was watching uh a couple months ago i watched the first episode of seinfeld just like i'd never seen the first episode ever like and the thing that was <laughs> was interesting to me how much i related to like oh yeah i get into like adventures and escapades and then i talk about stuff on stage and <laughs> It's the same thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't remember the first episode so much, but I do remember that he had different parents in the first episode. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it was... It's interesting. It, I, I think it was a different coffee shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But... I related just to the, like, I'm not very observational and, like, the sense of, like, oh, I can talk about, like, just random things that most people can. I usually have to come at it from, like, okay, this is my experience. And then a lot of what I do is uh, I have really bad insomnia. So I mostly, like, it's like a eureka moment. I get, like, material at, like, 3, 4 in the morning and... Then I'll be like, shit, now I have to explain this to the normal functioning man people. <laughs> and be like, okay, I have to explain this somehow to make it relatable enough from my weird brain. And it's good because it's, you know, I, I feel like it sets me apart. Like one of my compliments I always love getting 
that we've had a few times is like just how different I am because it can be so tough, especially like you said, with people my age, it's like everyone sort of, people talk about similar things. So, and you know, I get into that pattern too, but it's, it's a, it's a really like big thing for me to just stand out. And like, I've always loved, you know, kind of weirder off kilter style comedians. I'm a big fan of Emo Phillips, a big fan of uh, Steve Martin. And just like, I like a lot of, if I can come at it from a different angle than most people, it's, it's good for me, I feel. Oh yeah. Right. They're gonna remember you. Yeah. Joke telling is is an interesting like it's kind of an interesting like difference between it because you know there still is beats in between your stories that are you know that are probably inside it that are you know there's of course funny parts so it's like you have to have that consistent pop of like humor and that can be really tough you know to be like because some people are just they're good at sprinkling in like little jokes at what they do in their stories but a few people that I know that are like New York comics that do storytelling, it's just like their vibe and their personality is funny. So they're able to sort of match that with what they do. And it's like, okay, for some reason, even though it's not like a punchline or anything, like the way they say something or the way they are on stage, it makes people laugh in a good way. Oh, yeah. I love Mike Birbiglia. He's another one who is my biggest influence. Yeah, he's fantastic. Him? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a great storyteller. He's, he's fantastic. And I once heard him give like a little lesson or something like that. And he said something to the fact that, you know, when he's on a show, and all these comics are doing great material, uh, and he knows he's going to tell a story, he starts out by telling jokes so that they know that he can tell a great joke too. And they right. listen to a story, so it's like they accept him more because they already know, okay, yeah, you are a good, you know, right. a good teller, so Yeah, so you build that trust. This journey. Yeah. Yeah, I always love having uh, having just things in my repertoire to do. Like, I was very... I Last year, I was working really hard on, like, learning how to do callbacks for my, for my stuff. And just, like, that was, that was a really good thing for me to learn. And it, another thing that was, that's always been great to me, I, you probably have this, too. If, you probably have a a group of comedians that, like, you're not, like, a clique, but you're friends with, right? You have, like, do you have, like, a few, a couple friends in comedy that, like, you're not, like, a clique or anything, like, exclusive to other people in a mean way, but you're friends, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. What I love about that and all my experiences is I don't drive, so I get to travel with a lot of comedians. And over the years that I've been friends with, it's like they have different comedy styles each. Everyone's unique. So it like it rubs off on me and I get to learn how to do. Like the first person that I was friends with that drove me was uh, this guy, John Beecroft, who's like he does Mitch Hedberg style one-liner stuff. And my roommate now, Vijay, uh, he, he does a lot of like darker stuff and blue stuff that is, it's, it's really intelligent stuff. So it's like a good like thing to learn how to do. And I love just adding that to whatever I can do and be like, okay, this is, and it's, it's always so cool. The, the conversations you have off stage and the, <laughs> the camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you just sort of get into life. Right, that's great though. That's awesome. comedy it's it's really wild to me just like it feels like living in a tv show almost like there's so many different characters <laughs> and like different personalities and yeah, yeah. like oh, definitely uh, yeah I, you know I, I almost feel like writing material about the different people but i end up antagonizing right right but it's just it's 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 very much like everyone has sort of their their things and it's really really cool and i love just that uniqueness of we can all come from different walks of life and have this one thing and for the most part get along like you you don't really like not to be depressing but like nowadays people are so divided it's like really really good to be in a room where it's like I've known these people for like eight years, almost a decade. And like, we're all like, we're all friends. And also I'm seeing people not even evolve, just evolve as comics, which I love, but seeing people grow up and like people that I knew that were like 25 are now in their thirties. And it's like, it's crazy to me. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing I would say, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but I have with with the podcast, what's been great is I've been able to interview a lot of, a couple, like a few, uh, like headliner comics. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of them don't view it in the way that we do of we kind of like compartmentalize people. We're kind of like, oh, this person's a headliner. This person's a, you know, an open mic or whatever. They still kind of view themselves at that lower level still, even with all the success that they have. It's like, it's like interesting because I think that stuff just never goes away. The, the drive to be better. And it's interesting because they'll have, you know, the same insecurities as you and they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's the same thing, you know. I think that's great. Uh, I, I uh, talked with, uh, I had Helene Witt on and uh, she was fantastic. Um, you guys do a lot of stuff together, right? A lot of shows. Yeah, yeah, she did. I might check it out. I'm terrible with yeah. Zoom. I never did Zoom. It's it's a hard thing for me because I like a live audience and it's just yeah, what I'm yeah, used to. Yeah, for sure. But, 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 you know, well, part of it is that you can go every day, bring your jokes, and work traffic with other comics. Some of the comics, you know, Yeah, yeah. I know you guys did that whole stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I I saw it. It was so it was so weird. I saw it and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Siggy! <laughs> that is Siggy! I haven't seen him in ages. <laughs> Good for him." <laughs> So that's that's great. That's so cool. That was unbelievable. I wish I would have taped that. I don't have a tape of that, but I wish I would have had a tape of that. You know, I don't know if I can say it was on the Tonight Show. I mean, I... I, I well, they showed a couple of you, which is great. And, you know, it's what? it's great to get that, you know, I was talking with Helene, just how hard it is to stand out and get, you know, stuff. And to me, I'm like, I never try and... I, I never try and... Uh, get like down on myself too much about it. Cause I just, I realized that 
you often just get what you're what you're dealt. I think with me, what's what's good about you is you have the brand shows you can do in New York, which is great. Like to me, I'm there's sort of a thing with us in New Jersey where there's like 15 people that get you know they're all great. I'm all friends with them, but they all get like booked all the time. These 15 people, and it can be tough to like for for them for the people that book stuff to take a chance on new people they'll be like okay because i understand it it's like yeah if you have these reoccurring shows and these reoccurring people that are always killing and doing well it's like okay i'm gonna keep keep putting them on yeah 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 yeah, yeah. people you know pay good money and uh, they're 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 Yeah, performing is, it's always great. It's just, it's, it's something that we just crave to do. It's like, it's a, it's a really great thing. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I always say, like, I used to say this on stage and it was just, uh, it always came off as too sadder than I, than I wanted it to was that, you know, the worst time that I ever have on stage bombing is, better, like, more comfortable than my regular life (laughs) of just, you know, and often, like, you feel like a superhero. You're like, oh, like, I'm just normal person off stage, and then on stage, I'm just, like, different and able to do something. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, that old saying that they say, you know, uh, people feel uh, that performing, getting up on stage, telling jokes is, is, is worse than yeah i never i never understood i i guess i kind of understand that like to me i'm i've been mentioning this a lot in the podcast i'm very bad at like being empathetic and sympathetic to stage fright because i don't have it anymore but i used to so i should remember like how debilitating and like scary it is like it is scary and i think the biggest thing now, like, you talk about audiences, like, being good or bad, I think the thing is you fear rejection, like, when you're starting out. And then what's changed for me is, like, sometimes there are audiences that are just, you know, they're not good people. They're not nice people. They're not people who you would engage with, maybe. And they're just like, okay, this person, you know, they might be a close-minded person. I don't really care if they, if they don't like my stuff. That's not gonna be as debilitating to me as it used to be when I used to be like, I want everyone to love me. Then it's like, it's like, oh, this Trump supporter, I don't care if they don't like me. Oh yeah. You know, uh, you know. If, if I, you know, like, like I, I, I've had some, you know, Trump jokes in my repertoire and stuff like that. And sometimes if I look at the audience, and I think, see, where's that person has a cream card? He's probably Trump's. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't say that joke today. You know, I don't want to antagonize the person. I also don't right. know what's happening. You know, so uh, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing with audiences. I always, I always try and just remember that, like, it's different every time. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing because people will, will just get to see stuff. And if they come more often, it's cool, too, because they just get to see you progress. Like, I think the toughest thing for me with COVID and everything was not having audiences. And the way that I changed, like, to, to work on material was I would get my, I would try and, like, pop my friends and people that I looked up to of, like, okay, if I can make them laugh, I can keep this joke in this set and, like, move things around. Because, and now audiences are coming back. And it's, like, it's kind of, I'm, I'm getting lazy again of just, like, oh, there's a new audience member or new audience, like, Three new people at this place. I can just do my old stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's hard to break away from stuff that's tried and true. Yeah. It's hard to break away from stuff that you know is going to get them to let. They pay good money. You want them to have a good time. You know this set's going to work. You give them their money's worth. Yep. But on the other hand, you also want to grow. So, you know, you want to change and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, I know with me, like, like um, you know, there was a set... Right. That I do almost all the time, but I know I'm going to get tired of that. But um, you know, you know, whatever. You, you, you know, they, they, I guess they always say put in a few jokes in the middle that are different, that are new. Um, you know, so, so you know, you know, some of it's going to be great, and this way you're still growing because you, you right. have some new stuff here and there. You know? And also, I think in the middle of set, what's great about putting new jokes in is even if they don't work people like the effort they they'll they'll see it they'll be like okay and the thing with people that's interesting is they learn very early on like the level that you are at and they understand it and they're empathetic towards it of like okay you know and i think that's one of the great things about like doing open mics and doing like bringers like that is people get to see the early stages. You know, people get to see people, you know, from from the ground up and see them evolve. I love I love that. Like, you know. I think that's great and, and uh, I admire you for using the open mics that way. With me, I, I, you know, I still have in the back of my mind, I have to, you know, prove to these people that I'm funny, you know. Right. I have to do my old material, even in an open mic. That, you know, I know it, it Right. I think open mics, open mics are tough. I don't mean to cut you off there. Uh, I think open mics are tough because to me, it like, it changes a lot. The, uh, the atmosphere, it gets very much like you don't talk in your performing voice that much. You don't talk in, you can't do your show business type of stuff with, with your comedy. It gets more conversational. Because you're around your friends and around your peers, so that's what always happens to me. And sometimes that helps with jokes. And, like, to me, that's sort of what I've been trying to do with all audiences. That's what I sort of cracked, like, what I realized is, oh, I have to talk to the audience, not just as, like, a performer, but also, like, like we're close friends. Like I've known them. Yeah, yeah. 
a million years. What you're saying with me is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, at an open mic, I usually don't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. So I don't have friends there. So with them, I, I, I feel like in a sense I have to perform. When yeah. I do a show, um, I feel I can have a conversation with the audience. Right. I have a real conversation with it, a real show than I do at an open mic. And, and the audience becomes my friend. And, uh, and and like I'm just telling them a story and, and stuff, and it, it, it's not as as comfortable an open mic kind of. No, I. I can imagine, you know, in New York, I've never done open mics in New York. I really want to because it just seems so, like, cool to me just to be able to go to so many in one night. Uh, but uh, that's the other part of it is, like, the Catch-22 of it is it's, like, very competitive and very fast and very much, like, hard to do. And, like, to me, I just, I like finding a place to to go and have friends and have, you know have places to be because it's 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 also like uh you know <laughs> growing up you have to be very like i have to be a lot more careful financially of like what i do so it's like if i go to this mic and you know i'm gonna have to eat i'm gonna have to do all these things it's like the setup is half of it it's like you know We have a, we have an interesting thing. We have a fascinating thing where it's like, New Jersey is very underrated in terms of stand-up comedy. Is you know we have a big, you know we have like you know three different uh, areas of New Jersey. Yeah, like on the Jersey Shore area, there's like South and North Jersey comics. So it's like we're we're all different pockets of people, and it's funny because like everyone knows each other. It'll be like you know people that are in you know, Jersey City that I've known for many years. And I'll be like, oh, I get to see them sometimes, like rarely, and just be like, okay. And the cool thing is just like that, we have that whole entire thing. And like, to me, partly like doing this podcast was mostly to help fix my attitude with that. Cause I get sick of New Jersey and I would love to perform in different places, but it's, it's, you know, I do have to, I do have to realize that we have a very uh, unique uh, place in comedy because we're right between Philly and New York and uh, it's very underrated. People don't realize no, we have a scene. We have a good group here and we have a great like Rolodex of comics that are just like people over the years and new people and people have been doing it forever and it's it's cool. It's just it's really awesome to me and I love having that community. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, me, I've made, you know, it's, 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 I should talk about this more on stage, it would be a great, like, opening thing to my stuff is, like, 
I've made very little doing comedy. Like I started selling t-shirts. Like I have t-shirts now for my podcast and just like, it's, that's like been a good shot in the arm of like, you know, I can give them people and like, you know, people see me. It's like, oh, I have this thing, this merch that I can, I can sell and be like, you know, but still I'm not, I'm not getting enough to, you know, live off of or make like a living off of, but it's like, occasionally when I get on like a show, it'll be like, okay, you know, 20 bucks. And it's like, that adds up a little bit. <laughs> be like, I mean, I'm lucky, you know, one of the lucky things about being old is that I'm retired. So right. I don't have to worry about, you know, money or getting social right. security. Yeah. So, you know, so, so I, I, it's not, I'm not doing it for the money. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. That, I mean, hanging over my head. yeah, that's the toughest thing though, because I think to me, it's integrity. Like, you don't want to do it for the money, but part of me also feels like I should be compensated sometimes. Like I always have, I just have a personal rule of like, if they're like, unless it's a venue that's very expensive and they just need to pay that. But if there's audience that's going to be there, like they bought tickets and stuff, I feel like there should be kickback to the comedians. Like you should be able to, to give a little bit to comedians. And I also don't think like at our level, like you need to pay, you know, people a lot, you know, just gas money, like level. And to me, that's always what I do is like, if I'm going to, you know, Uber somewhere 50 minutes away and it's going to be expensive, it's like, well, if you give me like 50 bucks, like not even that, like, you know, 20 bucks is like, okay, I can, I can just be... Right. And it's like, also, you feel you do well. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a very expensive habit. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a hard thing because you feel like it's what you do. But it's also, many of us are still at a hobby level. So it's like, we kind of, we kind of like to think, oh, this is what I do. This is what I'm doing. But it's. It's not, uh, it's not cost effective. <laughs> it's not like cost effective. Like, I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, and I've just been very lucky. You know, my family has been very supportive. Is your family pretty supportive? Well, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. My, my wife does not like my comedy. My kids like my comedy. Oh. My wife. Right. Yeah, it's tough because, like, I've never been, like, since I always had my mom around me when I was starting out, like, she's sort of, she's done stand-up a couple times with people because, like, people just like her. And they've known her for for a long time, just being with me when I was starting out. Often, like, oh, I don't think these people are talking, like, about stuff that I can relate to. And I'm like, well, the good thing is, like, when you come to shows with me and stuff and, like, mics, like you have an expectation now of what is good and what is not. So it's like your comedy taste just grows. And I think that's a cool thing. It's like whatever you're doing, like 
if you have friends that aren't really connected to comedy and they at least see what you're doing, they can have some judgment of how you're performing. Like you said, like your friends, they'll see you and they'll be like, no, you added new stuff or this changed around or this was... Right. And uh, I really value her opinion. Uh, her name is Elaine, and um, and and she's uh, she's really good. It's, it's it's good. You know, she seemingly grows. She's uh, you know, and and I know when she says something is good, she means it. You know. Right. And uh, and, and and you know, if she says this was one of the best shows you ever done. Uh, I, you know, I, if if she was me and I just thought myself, maybe I doubt myself, but with her confirming it, you know. Right. And, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's so great, and uh, I love just having. I love just doing it. It's, it's such a great thing, and I I'm really uh, grateful that you did this. I'm really happy that we were able to uh, to get this done and get you yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, I could talk to you. I think forever. Yeah, I definitely. I, I definitely, what I do is I often have people come back on, so I'll definitely have to have you come back on because uh, you were just, you were great. And uh, I love that, the one thing that I love is just, I like when people are talking. <laughs> yeah, because it's mostly my fault. Like, I need to be a better interviewer. I mean, that's tough. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I wish you a ton of success. Oh, you too, yeah. Yeah, you too. I really hope that I can see you again soon because uh, I'd love yeah, to see your stuff. That would be, that would be great. I'd love that. I'd love oh. that. If, if you're ever going to be in New York, I know I'm going to perform on Long Island um, at the end of September, but uh, I'm sure you don't go there either. No, I'll have to check it out. You know, if, I, if I'm able to go, I'll go. <laughs> I'll get my uh, ass in here. If you ever want to come into the city, you know, let me know and I'll try to get a show, whatever. All right, great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Richard, it was great talking to you. It was great talking to you. I hope you have a nice weekend. Thanks, me too. You too. Take care. All right, bye. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was good.